0: Anyway, I'm so excited to be here today with you, and I'm missing my crew of youth over here, so you're going to have to be a little extra loud, awake, lively. That probably doesn't define them, but hey, we're going to act like it does, okay? They're lively right now, so praise God. But we're going to continue this series. Um, I hope that you are excited about being in Deuteronomy. You should kind of chuckle a little bit, right? But we should be, right? I mean, Deuteronomy, it doesn't get better than that. But we're in a great moment in Deuteronomy, and that is the moment when Moses begins to recognize that his days are getting close to being done on earth. And what's significant about this is that no matter how you feel about Moses or what you've learned about Moses, these last days are beautiful. He's taking these moments to hear from God and speak to the people. And what's great is that he's doing it passionately. Like he's doing it with a fervor in his heart that we've seen a couple of times through him, but in this time it's really significant. And what I love about it is it's not about him. Everything he's sharing has everything to do with who is going on beyond him, which means he had a heart that was bigger than himself, bigger than those that grew up with him, He was looking to the future, to the people that were going to come, to the promises that God had laid before them that he wasn't going to get to experience. And so he was getting people ready for the bend around the road, the change, how everything was going to flip, the fact that now the barrier of the wilderness was going to be depleted and they were going to get to begin to move into the promised land. And people, I believe that God is always taking us around bends that we can't see what's on the other side. I believe that he's always taking barriers and removing them so that we can see him better, hold on to him more dear. And so I hope that as we go through this, and I'm going to share at the end today, and I hope you kind of can fit it all together about something that's been on my heart that I want to share with you. And honestly, I didn't say this in first service and I regret it, but I want to open a door to something that I'm hoping in the days to come and in the ministry to come here at AFC would be something we can share, talk about, and embrace people around. And so, if you've got your Bibles, we are going to be in. So we're trying something new. My wife's going to push the button. Oh, but I want you because you're good. So, and then no pressure because it's not me. You know what I mean? Passing it on. You know what I'm saying? But she is good. So she's every time I go like that, she's going to click. So if you see me go like that, okay. You should say click, right? If I go... And that means you're really engaged. Okay. Uh, well, if you've got your Bibles open to Deuteronomy 29, we're kind of going backwards. Last week we set it up. This week we're going to kind of go backwards, and I encourage you to continue to read just chapter 29. Really, really easy. We're going to break the whole passage down. And so once you have that, or if you've got it on your devices or don't have it, um, stand for the reading of God's Word. I'm going to say a couple of statements from Verse 10 to kind of give you the picture that you're doing the same thing that the people were doing in this day. In verse verse 10, you are standing today, all of you, before the Lord your God. I love that. And so today we stand before the Lord our God. Then starting in verse 16, you know how we lived in the land of Egypt and how we came through the midst of the nations through which you passed and you have seen their detestable things. They're idols of wood and stone, of silver and gold. He's really trying to drum up the memories of the people. You know what you've seen. You know what you've walked through. You know what doesn't settle well in your heart. Of wood and stone, of silver and gold, which were among them. And he begins by saying this, beware. Lest there be among you a man or woman or clan or tribe whose heart is turning away today from the Lord our God to go and serve the gods of those nations. Beware lest there be among you a root. This is the key word today. Can you say a root? Root. Yes, a root bearing poisonous and bitter fruit. One who, when he hears the words of this sworn covenant, blesses himself in his heart, saying, I shall be safe. Though I walk in stubbornness of my heart, this will lead me think about it. This will lead to the sweeping away of moist and dry. The Lord will not be willing to forgive him, but rather the anger of the Lord and his jealousy will smoke against the man, and the curses written in this book will settle upon him, and the Lord will blot out his name from under heaven. And the Lord will single him out from all the tribes of Israel for calamity in accordance with all the curses of the covenant written in this book of the law. Pretty harsh words. God, today, help us to understand what you communicated to Moses, that he was communicating to the people, that you are still communicating to us today. God, let these words come alive. We bind the hands of Satan in the name of Jesus. He has no rights here, and so today, let us understand the fullness of these words. Let it bring healing. Let it bring hope. Let it bring restoration. God, let it bring all the things that I believe you wanted to today, in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. amen, amen. So again here, we're looking at the final words of Moses. And I keep saying this because I think it's kind of beautiful, in that if we had the opportunity, okay, to, to be in a mindset that we're living in our last days, okay, and sharing in that way, I think it would be tremendous, right? If we were living like this is all we've got left to give to others, I think some of us would live a little differently. And Moses here, he is not mincing words. And you say, "What do you mean? Well, God gave him. God gave him a part of it. And you know what Moses did? He took some of his words, and what did he do? He put them together and really Because see, Moses understood the people. He understood the journey. See, God gave him words, and he started to say, now remember when we got out of Egypt? Remember when we walked by and you saw all these these terrible things that were happening and the evil that was in the world? He kind of added to the words of God and began to really kind of trigger in the minds of the people that this is not what God has for us. This is not what God has for the beacon, for for the people that are going to show the world what it means to be like Christ. Christ and hear like God. And so, there's a couple of things, and I want you to go on this journey with me. They're not going to fit together. Normally, it's like one, two, three, and it blends all together, and it ends really well. Are you okay with that not being the case? So that means you got to remember something, okay? So one, you got to hold on to that thought, then two, hold on to that, then after three, then put them all together. Is that okay? It ain't going to flow. Okay. I know we all like flow, but it ain't going to flow today. Y'all know about a root, Thankfully you do, right? So I don't have to explain a root and what happens like that. It's like basic Bible, basic human. We get it. We understand it. And so Moses begins to talk about the root, the very beginning, the very start, where it all begins, what it's sourced from. Obviously, if you put water that's poisonous and you water your plants with it, it's probably not going to go well, right? If you corrupt water, if you put things in it that obviously here, Moses is saying, let's get to the root, interestingly enough uh, when you look at this and study it and translate it Moses was saying a couple of things here because the oftentimes when we willingly decide to do what step into sin we have a process we have a thought pattern we kind of like oftentimes figure out that like this area is okay but this area isn't and we give ourselves an out and we say because of this it's okay to do this And so Moses said, let me clear things up. It's not okay to do anything that you've witnessed. It's not of God. It isn't of God. There's no way around it. I know many of you were tempted along the way. I know that it seemed like it could be great, but I promise you, it's not. I promise you, it's not what God has for us. And so he begins to address the root. And honestly, most of the problems that maybe even we're sitting in today— They didn't start today. They didn't begin yesterday, or a year ago, or three years ago. Most of them started a long time ago. Some of them started because we picked from another's garden. And so Moses was trying to bring a very simple realization to the process and avenue to which sin begins. Now, why is this significant? And this is what I want you to get. I, I like this because Moses is speaking into something that is so relevant today. And that is, Moses was saying to the people, hey, I just want you to know. I want you to understand. I want you to hold on to the fact that when you let the root step into a place it shouldn't be, it's not good for anyone. And he said it all begins there. What's interesting is Since we understand him talking from generation to generation to generation, he was actually addressing here like generational sin. If you, they will. Well, let's take it a step further. Part of what he was doing was helping the people that were going to go into— you know what's happening here. They're about to go into the promised land. Are you all familiar with this? And Moses is setting them up to be able to go into the promised land, this new day, new time. Moses is like, hey, just go in new, go in fresh. Very similar— And honestly, when I prepared this, I didn't know that the opening of all this would be this late. I I thought we were going to be in here for months. That's not the case, but God knows and he's prepared it this way. And so I want you to think about this. Moses was saying, here is the problem. If it starts today and you take it in to the promised land, then you're bringing it in the new place and it will grow. Unfortunately, unfortunately, he was speaking to what still happens today. There's that switch, that turn, that change. The root turns, the person turns, the generations turn. Moses was concerned about the person and about the generations to come. And was he right in being concerned? Yeah, yeah. He was speaking to a world to come. He was speaking to what was happening even in his day and saying, look, there is some generational sin that's going to pass away with me. Let it pass away with me. See, I believe today there are generational things that we have attached to who we are that maybe God is saying, let it pass away. Moses, and honestly, church, Moses is so very wise. He saw things, experienced things, led people in things that were so significant. And even in his dying hour, his knowledge and understanding was great. There's a reason in children's church and in Sunday school we should spend a lot of time focusing on Moses. Because he understood things that even in that day, the best of minds didn't understand. So then he talks about stubbornness. Are any of you stubborn? Whew, gosh, I am so stubborn, aren't I? It, it exhausts her. Like, my stubbornness sometimes, I look at her and say, am I exhausting you? And she's like, at least you know you're exhausting me. You know what I mean? Like, I can get so stubborn. And unfortunately, you can be stubborn in a good way and stubborn in a bad way. I feel like I want stubborn children in a good way. I want children that when presented with stuff, they say no. And when it's presented again, they say no. And when it's presented the third, fourth, fifth, they only get more stubborn. That's my hope. My hope is not that they're so stubborn they can't see the good, that they can't see the kind. See, Moses here was addressing stubbornness in a negative way. He actually wasn't talking about the positive stubbornness. He does here, and we'll talk about it in a couple of weeks, he does talk about it in some way, but here he's talking about the people that would have an idea, and really the idea he was addressing was, let's just stay and do what we're doing in the wilderness, and let's pass that mindset of defeat onto our children. He was saying that's the wrong stubbornness to pass on, the wrong idea to hold on to. Unfortunately, in church, we have a hard time with the new ideas, with what's around the bend, with what's to come, with letting go of things and letting God. See, when we're stubborn in the way that Moses is talking about, we sneer at new ideas. We internally get upset with change unless it was birthed by us. When others present an idea, we tend to point out all the reasons it won't work instead of all the ways it could work. When God is on the move, we think it should only be initiated and done by us. See, when you're stubborn in the wrong way, you hold on to anger, frustration, impatience, especially when others try to persuade you in a different direction. And church... Moses was basically saying, I'm sorry, but your mama and your mama's mama are dying for a reason. And it was because their stubbornness has us here to begin with. And so you can't hold on to, you've got to go into the new, the fresh Sometimes stubbornness can be the ugly side of perseverance. You're saying, well, Pastor, I mean, we've got to be stubborn at times. We do. We've got to be able to say no sometimes. We've got to be able to, and that's a different kind of stubbornness here. What he was talking about, it links with another word, and that word is leb, L-E-B, which most of you know is translated as your heart. So what was he saying? He was saying stubbornness and the heart are one. And if your heart is... And your heart is connected to the God given gifts and talents and plans, then you're all good. But if your heart is connected to a root that is bitter and is being fueled by poison, let it go. Let it go. Unfortunately, in the Old Testament, All of the times that stubbornness is mentioned, it's also linked to lib, L-E-B, the heart. See, what happens is we get stubborn in our hearts, and then you know what happens? It's really hard for God to move us, deliver us, change us, drive us into a different direction, different way, different plan, because we become stubborn about the wrong things. So, I'm just going to give you a chance to read some of these, but walking in the stubbornness of the heart is the perennial danger of the people of God. Well, what do you mean? We often do this. We imagine that God will understand our stubbornness because it's for the sake of something good. So he'll understand that I'm stubborn over will he? God surely will not abandon me when I decide to abandon him. Okay? But if he's somewhere and you're somewhere and they're not the same, and Moses was saying, if you want to be somewhere in the future, then you better let your heart Walking in stubbornness not only impacts you, but those around you and those within your church. All right, so hold on to that. Now, number three. And this is where we're going to take a a quick kind of journey there and back and around Um, evil. We all know what evil is, right? I feel like the world around us is crying, if you'll just admit this, is crying for a solution to evil. Never in a day have I seen more shirts in one week that say things like, be kind. And a person that's wearing them, I go up to them, and they're not even nice. (laughs) I'm just being serious. Just this week, I walked up and said, I love your shirt. What? I was like, oh, gosh, your shirt. Like, oh, yeah. I'm like, shoot, you better remember you put that on. You know, it was the only thing you had, and you weren't in the mood to wear it. I didn't say that. But we laughed, and the lady was like, oh, gosh. I'm like, yeah, it's kind of a conundrum, but we just chuckled about it. But, I mean, we're wearing those shirts for a reason. We wouldn't be wearing those things and putting those things on hats and on masks, the ones that have the smiley face, and you pull it off and they've got a frown. I mean, it's just, we're seeking something. And the problem is, we have the solution. We're not speaking it. We're not sharing it. Many of us are. But evil is the problem. So, where is God leading us in all of this? Where is God leading the people? What, what is Moses trying to do here? What is he attempting to see happen here? Well, he says this, and I love this. Um, and when you look at the translation, destroy the moist with the dry. You ever eat a dry cake? Yes, it's awful. I dry everything out just because I'm afraid of throwing up. I said this in first service. I'll say it again. Like, Are you deathly afraid of throwing up? You're not? My gosh, like, I hate it. Y'all like throwing up? Okay, because my goodness, when I start, ask her, ever since I was a kid, when I start, it's 24 hours no matter what. It could be the stomach flu or anything. I do the same thing every time, and it's every, what, 20 to 24 minutes? It's bad. On the dot, and I don't just throw up, like, I don't know what happens to me, but it is so violent that by the time I'm done, I can't preach on Sunday, and I'm not lying. Like, there is no voice left. And so I'm totally scared of it. So that's why I overcook everything, burn everything, and eventually, like, light everything on fire, because I'm like, if there's salmonella in there, it better be gone. And so my mom scared me to death of salmonella. But anyway, I sprayed our countertop yesterday with this. She uses this organic stuff. But I feel like if it can eat at your countertop, it's probably not organic. You know what I mean? Anyway, I sprayed it yesterday. She was like, what did you do? I was like, I used chicken there. She's like, Dawn. I'm like, Dawn does not. I mean, come on now. Um, i will be throwing up tomorrow. But I love what Moses says here. He says, you know when something's like perfectly cooked, there's still like a little bit of juice left and like a cake that's not dry, and somebody says, oh my goodness, you made a moist cake. Like that's a compliment. Now if they say you're moist, it's not a compliment. you know what I mean? Like if you're moist, something's going wrong, okay? But I want you to think about this for a second. Moses was warning us of something. Moses was a wise man. Moses knew about people. And he was saying, oftentimes, you've got something that's like ready and ripe and moist and good and useful. And we come in with the root that's poisonous, bitter, and stubborn. And we say things like, you'll never amount to. We say things that hurt. In fact, moses recognized because abuse and divorce and all those things didn't just start in like the the 1990s or the 1980s they've actually been around for all time and he said you know as as we let the the root that was the reason why we're in the wilderness go into the new land then all we're doing is bringing the wilderness into the new land why would we do that because it destroys people it destroys the church what it does is it destroys us it turns us dry unwilling to hear i talked in first service and i'm going to talk again for the first time Um, i'm going to talk about abuse see many of us we we don't get it because we've never been in a place where we've been abused or beat up or made fun of or had nowhere to go But see, some of us know what that feels like. We've been there. We've been abused. We've been to the place where no one is listening, where no one hears us, and so we retreat and don't say anything. Church, here's the problem with that. And now I'm just going to kind of go with where God is taking me today and step away a little bit. Because Moses was saying to the people, we are here for a reason And it is not a good reason. And many of you, as we walked by these other nations and you saw their gods and their stuff and their things, you had a desire for it. We can't go into the new places around the bend if that is your heart. See, because the problem with that is it does what? And here's what I want you to hear. It does what? So if we have a root of bitterness, if we allow sin to enter into our life, and this is what he's saying about the new generation. So, we're just talking about this generation specifically. If you let it grow in this new land, it will take root, it will produce fruit that isn't good, and then someone else will take of that fruit, and it will grow and it will continue. Interestingly enough, Moses, in his early days here, or, or late days, is saying, Hey, if you let it, it will. Well, what do you mean? Well, some people that are in abusive situations, they have no choice but to eat of that fruit. What about a kid who has no choice but to eat of that fruit until they're removed? It's been a struggle, to be honest, to do foster care. It's made our lives really busy. It's made it hard. I've probably been more frustrated than her. She handles it a lot more gracefully. But my goodness, where should we be as Christians? We should be right there. I say that as this has been the most difficult, wouldn't you say, year. But, But here's the problem. Many of us who have been abused at some time in our life, we've been abused maybe, and we're going to go forward and back, Physically, emotionally, mentally, sexually, right? We don't say these things in the church. We hide from them. We hide from sex in general. We hide from gender identity. We hide from this stuff. We say it's not happening. It's not being changed. It's not being... But, but here's the thing that, that Moses was trying to tell us. Is that as you let the root get corrupted... It then enters into your being. And then, whether you like it or not, there's going to be poisonous fruit that comes out of that that others are going to have to pick whether they like it or not. There are children in Anderson, Indiana, picking that fruit because they have no other fruit to pick from. And then that's all the fruit that they see or know. And so they sit in abuse. Even at AFC and Nacogdoches, I sat with even older individuals, as in like seniors, who said, well, you know, my husband says this to me every day. I sat on the phone three months ago, and I'm like, what? You're in your 70s. What? Do you want me to come pick you up and take you to the Holiday Inn? Well, no, I would never, the church would, and I mean, can you imagine, we've been here, we're all, I mean, we're not charter members, but almost, I'm like, what? I will come get you, and I will take you where you need to go, which is away from that. And who cares what the people in the church think, because you know where they're not? In bed next to you. Just because they're next to you in the pew, they're not going home with you. But people, for some reason, we say it's okay. And we rationalize, generalize. And then, unfortunately, a pattern that's just psychological, and we all know it. People that are abused, they either become abusers, or they become the advocates that say, it ain't going to happen around me. And Moses, so long ago, (laughs) said a couple of things that were key. And I'm going to go back. To the root corrupts, and then abuse becomes easy. I'm sorry. When you're not with God, when you're not embracing His promises and His love, Moses said it, I'm saying it, Jesus said it, the disciples say it, it is just hard to stay away from it. It is hard to be free from it because it's a root. And it destroys the moist. It destroys the hope. So I'm going to ask you a couple of questions today. The first one is this. Are you displaying a stubbornness within your spiritual life? You see, Moses was concerned about something because there were lots of leaders, and this is just a general statement, right? Lots of leaders that were, what? Straying people away from the truth. There's reasons why he would go away to hear from God and come back, and the people were over here worshiping other gods. And they, that didn't just happen just because, like, you no, know, somebody began to speak up and go to Aaron. If y'all remember how these things happened, and would say, we need to, because he isn't. God never left him. He was always providing for them, but he quickly... And so Moses is saying, listen, if it's not of God, it isn't of God. And so if it isn't of God, then don't follow it. Because if it isn't of God, it's going to get a root, and it's going to take hold, and it's going to produce fruit within the people of God that people are going to pick. And before you know it, you're going to be back to... And here's the most disappointing part. When you interpret it, he didn't say it with hopefulness. All of this was said as it's going to happen. It's like he knew them well enough, but he took every ounce of his old body and said it anyway, to put it out there one more time. And so, are you displaying a stubbornness in your spiritual life? A place that nobody else can go? A place that's producing some good fruit, but it's also producing some? The second question today is have you been subjected to abuse? Only you can answer that. And it doesn't matter if someone said to you, no, that wasn't abuse. Don't listen to that. The third question today is I hope today you see where the root of abuse came from. It doesn't come from God, it comes from the enemy. And God's people, all throughout time, have been speaking and saying, recognize, recognize, recognize the root. The fourth question today is, can you see that God has been addressing the heart from the beginning? It's why we talk about the heart all the time. It's why when I bring home our kids' stuff, it's always talking about the heart. Because see, when the heart is adjusted and focused in on the heart of God, things are different. The fifth question today is, can you begin to heal from abuse? Are you way off? Oh, I don't. Sorry. You know, I kept adding all week, so I'll go to the sixth. Can you realize that your abuse does not define you? So, let's just throw it out there. Can you start the music? Do you mind? A little bit of a different day. A different thought. I want you to just think about a couple of things in closing today. Are you experiencing some stubbornness in your spiritual journey right now? Are there some hurdles that you can't see past? Are there some things that you just aren't okay with but have actually nothing to do with the movement of God? And you're making them idols in your life when they shouldn't be? The people weren't in the wilderness because they were all about everything God wanted. No, they were in the wilderness because they were all about everything God didn't want or didn't desire. And that was to place things that weren't spiritual in front of the spiritual. And then Moses identified something and said, here's the thing. When evil takes root, we hurt. And then hurt people hurt people, and there's a lot of hurt in the midst here. In fact, as I read this week, I read what one theologian said, and there was also jealousy. The reason he pointed it out was some of the elders were jealous that their kids, right, were getting to go, and they weren't. It's why he addressed it. And he said, you're seeing this, don't let it, don't bring it around the bend, because if you do, then that comes with you. And so maybe today it's a time for you to begin to heal from your stubbornness. Maybe it's a time for you to begin to heal from that which has been done to you that should have never been done to you. Because honestly, a lot of you have been dealt things, been told things, been treated in a way that you should have never been treated. And Moses tried to say, hey, don't do it but yet humans continued it. And so maybe today's the day you just say, I'm going to release it, I'm going to begin to heal, I'm going to be in that process. And maybe this is the place, not just the Anderson Center and Aspire and the hospital and your counselor. Maybe we can become a part of that journey of healing, of change, of restoration. And so this is kind of a makeshift altar. But it's here, and your abuse does not define you. Your stubbornness does not define you. God defines you. God desires to do a new work. And Moses said, don't turn the bend with all this inside of you. And so maybe today is the day that you come and just begin to let God, begin to let Him move and heal. we just we think on these words. They were so clear. And I feel like they were echoed throughout Scripture. Because evil just it destroys. And that destruction just passes on. And so today, maybe today we just say, you know what? No. Moses saw things, witnessed things with his eyes that I believe broke his heart bothered him, saddened him, because he had a heart like yours. And so God, let us today, let us recognize what, what our, our root is. What does it look like? What's fueling it? And then help us. Help us to understand that somehow, some way, you've given us free will. And one of the hardest questions of our faith is that free will allows people's hearts to get hardened, get bitter, and become a people that, unfortunately, are abusers. But God, today, for anyone in this room that has experienced some type of abuse, God, we pray for them. We lift them to you. We pray today, God, that we would see them, hear them, embrace them, love on them, encourage them, walk with them, Lord, let us not. Let us not put a blind eye to it. Let us see and let us move. Moses really gave some great words. In the depths of his heart, he was saying, please, please don't turn this corner to the promised land with this in your heart. The way he speaks it, it's with such pronunciation and such passion and such heart and god every day you're calling us into a new season to leave the old behind and grab onto the new and so today let us let us step into our new seasons with your refreshing and your movement Be with us in the days to come. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you so much for being here today.